There are some statistics about healthcare in today's conversation that will blow your mind and in a lot of ways break your heart. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Maersperger, and in season three of the Health Pulse podcast, we get to celebrate leaders changing healthcare and life sciences for the, for the better. And today I'm so excited to welcome and celebrate Eric Doherty, president of Persone, leader in low-cost diagnostic testing and personal electronic health records. Welcome, Eric. Hey, thanks, Alex. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Let's start on the diagnostic side of the business. So ultra accurate and low cost. That sounds like the, the holy grail. And I think what, what a lot are, are promising. What's the difference in price and accuracy with Persone? No, I really appreciate that. You know, we're working with a, you know, it's a technology that's been around for a while from a concept standpoint, but not in the diagnostic space. We're working with a technology that's called electrochemical biosensor technology. Basically, it's um, similar in its platform design to a PCR, where you get a very accurate, very sensitive and specific test. But on the flip side, you get a result in a very quick time frame. Uh, we're looking at anything uh, under two minutes. And so the benefit of a very accurate test, but also a test that you get in a very quick period of time is obviously hugely beneficial to the marketplace and really a game changer in the diagnostic space. And so we're looking at the platform as being a way to transpose a system of testing that is obviously a very high value type of test, but also a low cost type of test. And so the benefit of the platform is bringing low cost diagnostics to not only the US marketplace, but also to the global marketplace. And so the intent is to drive kind of the cost down of, of diagnostic testing, kind of a lab lab on a chip type of design uh, where you can use it you know, in the pharmacies in a doctor's office, yes, but also at home at a very, very inexpensive price. There were, you mentioned the US and the rest of the world. Uh, one of the shocking statistics on the website uh, was that there's 26 doctors per 10,000 people in the United States. And there's less than one, so I think it said 0.23 doctors per 10,000 people in the poorest countries. What's the USA versus rest of the world split in the focus of your business? Yeah, it's actually probably 50-50, if not probably even 60-40, where it's 60-40 uh, on the lower to middle income uh, country focus. You know, one other statistic that uh, is not on the website, uh, you know, question for you, you know, how many pediatricians are in the country of Madagascar outside of Africa. Any idea? Less than that 0.23 per 10,000. <laughs> zero. No zero. You know, it's crazy. And, and, and really, the, I think the value that we're bringing from a, a diagnostic standpoint, but also on the IT front, is the ability to bring you know, to those lower to middle income countries a platform that can really kind of change the dynamics of what's happening right there in those countries from a healthcare standpoint, uh, bringing you know, low cost kind of lab, lab quality testing uh, at a very, very uh, inexpensive venue. And I think we're able to do that on a grand scale. Um, you know, I think the benefit of the platform as well is the kind of multitude of different assays we're looking to bring to market. Uh, we're working on a number right now, uh, areas like COVID, like tuberculosis, Sepsis is a big one for us. We're actually working with a sepsis project with SAS and really kind of driving the VIA solution around that. Uh, but even areas like Alzheimer's, breast cancer, 
uh, and even concussion are some of the areas that we've done some preliminary work in that we're looking to move forward uh, from a, a testing standpoint, where in those lower to middle income countries, you've got the ability to bring in very, very low cost diagnostics to really change their, that healthcare marketplace and healthcare perception of diagnostic testing. Are all these tests on the same strip? You just mentioned, you just rattled off a bunch. Many of us, I think when we think of testing, probably naturally jump to COVID and some of the infectious diseases. Uh, but you mentioned brain injuries um, and cancers and I think heart attacks were in there and mm -hmm. tuberculosis, sepsis. Is this like breaking out a deck of cards for each different test? I appreciate the uh, fact that you brought that up. And so I did bring my, my uh, deck of, I call them strips instead of deck of cards. Um, but in essence, this is really what the technology is, is lent upon. Uh, in essence, it's similar to glucose strips in its production. So the ability to basically do layer upon layer production on very high speed machinery is the concept. And in essence, as we're moving forward with different assays, different tests, the ability to test for breast cancer, the ability to test for concussion, et cetera, is really changing up the chemistry that's set upon the actual strip. And so the concept is, is that as you are moving forward into different areas, and I brought in some, also some promo materials, but in essence, there's a handheld device, but there's also a smaller device that we're working towards. But in essence, you'd put in the strip, you'd put a sample of whatever you're testing for. So let's say for breast cancer, we're initially looking at a saliva as a fluid uh, for a testing uh, basis. And so you would put a, a sample of the saliva on the test strip. You basically put the test strip in, you push the button, you get a result in under two minutes. And so the beauty is that you can literally, like a basically a, a printer machine, a, a copier machine, change out the cartridge for the individual assays that you're looking to manufacture. So you could have a printer cartridge for breast cancer, assay, basically the chemistry that's built for those antibodies before that testing uh, device, and then move it over to a concussion test or move it over to a sepsis test. So that's where the beauty of the production capability lies. And then again, from a cost standpoint, producing these, again, it's paper, plastic, some, some ink and, and other type of materials, very, very low cost materials. You know, these can be run in the millions per production line. So the ability to produce these in very large scale, again, going back to the lower to middle income countries, but also here in the United States is of huge value, obviously to the hospital networks and hospital systems, but also really the governments, both locally and also internationally. So our intent is to really drive kind of that global healthcare change in really driving in high-end diagnostics, low cost. I appreciate the, the show and tell, and I appreciate the just wide variety of conditions that, that you'll be able to spot and look for. Um, is one of the, these diseases that you mentioned or medical conditions a focus area in the short term for you? Well, we're focusing on a, a few right now. So COVID, obviously, we, we started the company about a year and a half ago, focused on COVID. And so we're driving that initiative, but we're bringing in other elements, other assays as well. Currently, uh, right now, primary areas that we're looking at focusing on uh, would include sepsis. So really changing the marketplace there where, again, you know, past history, my father passed away from sepsis. And so 
It's a big thing for me to really uh, kind of push that forward. But in essence, right now, you've got a patient in the hospital system where they might wait an hour or longer for a test result to find out if they're going into a septic shock. They basically it can kill them ultimately. And so the ability to test with a point of care type of, of testing diagnostic tool that I'm looking to bring to market, they're at the bedside in an uh, ICU or in a hospital wing uh, or at a, at a hospital bed is our focus right now. And so the ability to be able to do that and do it point of care with a very rapid response, that's of huge value to the system. And so that is, that is one big project we're working on. Breast cancer is another one. Uh, we're looking to partner with some of the largest universities in Florida where the ability to bring forward a saliva-based breast cancer test is obviously unique, but also from a low cost standpoint could be brought around the world to really focus on those billion moms that aren't being tested currently. And as I mentioned, you were working on a couple of others in the background and, and those are moving forward. Alzheimer's, we're looking at both a saliva-based, but also a blood-based Alzheimer's test, again, quite unique there. But even things like concussion, where the ability to test instantly, let's say on the side of a football field uh, for concussion using a saliva-based test is also something we're looking at. So sorry to hear about your father. Many of the um, greatest inventions, I think, come from those real personal stories and the mission of I, I can change this for someone else and someone that comes after. Totally agree. Thank you. The And it sounds like from two hours or so from one or two hours getting that test back to one to two minutes, I think can definitely be a game changer and, and definitely changes the course of lives. And so looking forward to, to that. There's another statistic on your website that says diagnostic errors account for the deaths of 7 million children a year. And the what goes into that statistic was everything from limited availability of testing to the affordability to lack of training of health personnel. How are you changing that mm -hmm. statistic? Yeah, and that's that was a real telling one for us. Um, you know, you and I talked a few weeks back when we added Dr. Robert Redfield the former CDC director um, under President Trump uh, a few months back. And, you know, through the conversations that I've had with Dr. Redfield, you know, that was a really big issue uh, when he did his work under President Bush, bringing the low cost therapeutics to the African market for HIV. And, you know, the, the ability for, of testing, the ability of, you know, data, and more importantly, the uh, trustworthiness of the data. Uh, was so important uh, there in the African nation, really in a lot of the lower to middle income countries around the world. And so the concept that we're really working on is to obviously, with the partnership that we have with SAS, is to really drive not only the trustworthiness of the data that's coming out of our system, but with our Persone Connect IT system, you know, the ability to pull in data from other IVD tests, other IOT devices, other type of wearables and even monitors, either at a hospital bed setting, you know, in a hospital specifically, you know, but even at home, the ability to pull that data in and then normalize it and then run it through the VIA system within SAS gives it that data trustworthiness that's really needed around the world. And then you throw in obviously the diagnostic side just independently, you know, the ability to test, test easily, test at low cost and test frequently is something that's not really done right now around the world. Uh, we're, we're blessed here in the United States. We've got a really, you know, pretty solid healthcare system. I mean, could it be improved? Sure. But I mean, on a scale of one to 10, I'd give it probably about a seven and a half to eight 
around the world in those lower to middle income countries, it's probably a negative two, negative five in some cases. And so the ability for us to bring the market, not only the diagnostic side of the business and really drive down the costs and efficiencies and efficacy as well, the ability also to tie in the IT side where the diagnostic data, the personal health data, the records part of the element for electronic health records is of huge value, I believe, you know, to that global market space. You touched on a lot of the, the components, sort of hot topics around electronic health records, trust and ownership and shareability and ease of use, all of the all of the things that we we hear about. And there's probably no hotter topic right now. Lots of organizations are certainly promising this here in the U.S. and abroad of a national electronic health record and the ease of use and things. What's your take on the personal electronic record? Yeah, you know, I think. Right now, the, the, I think, issue or concern that I have, and I think it's a concern that's building, is really the ownership of personal health records and personal records in and of itself. I mean, again, how many data breaches that we have with credit cards over the last you know, 10 plus years? The you know, same type of thing really is happening on the healthcare side, too. And really, the question is, who owns your health record data? Who owns your, your information, your personal data? And so from that standpoint, you know, again, person, personal ownership, personal ownership of your own health records is a key initiative that we're trying to drive into the marketplace and the ability to control that data, giving you the ability to see who sees it, see where you want to put it, see where you want to push it towards, you know, see who you want to truly share it with is something that we want to really, I think, extrapolate into the healthcare marketplace that's not happening now. Um, you know, you look at your different EHR systems currently and, you know, they typically will control that data. If you are in a certain health network and you want to take your data and move it over to another health network that may be two miles down the road, you've got to go through a lot of hoops and hurdles to get that done. We're looking at it as an opportunity to be able to get and gain control of that data. You are allowed to push and pull that data as you see fit. You know, if you wanted it in clinical research, if you wanted to go to a certain hospital, and if you wanted to go to a certain doctor, that is your choice. And so we're really trying to strive the ability of creating that for individuals, but also allowing the individual to totally control their own personal records. So you, you did a little bit of show and tell on the diagnostic side, and we saw that. And I'm imagining on the personal electronic record side, the, the other show and tell of primarily being a cell phone. What if you don't have a cell phone? Yeah, great question. You know, that's something we've already started working on to really make that as a provider element. Uh, one of the things we're doing as a company is connecting with some of those large organizations that are in that space. So think in terms of kind of, in, again, global aspects. You know, the first question would be, you know, again, from a phone standpoint, how do you get to a person, a, a phone or a pad or something like that? So we're working with some of the largest organizations that are in that space. So the ability to provide that uh, to those individuals is a key component. Think on the other side too, you know, again, you've got the ability here in the United States to connect with your phone you know, into a system, but think in terms of Wi-Fi and the ability to connect into Wi-Fi systems. So what we're also looking at doing is connecting into those infrastructures. Again, geographical standpoint, if you're in the middle of Africa, you can use satellite technology to get that Wi-Fi data to open up the access to, again, phones or pads to get your information. So, so those are some of the things we're doing in the background. And then kind of flipping it over, one of the things we're also looking at doing, working with one of the largest 
universities in Florida and actually in the United States to actually start work on a global education system where that system will be set up to where it'll help educate those providers and those people using devices and tests and that type of thing globally. Uh, we're structuring it to where it's multilingual. So literally you could have somebody in Botswana, but also somebody in you know Brazil on the Portuguese side have the ability to give information in an educational format on how to use a certain device, how to use a certain type of test in an environment where again, you don't have practitioners really literally on the ground. So giving that training and the ability to, again, use those devices for patients and provide that healthcare benefit is something we're really striving to do as well. Sounds like there's a multi-pronged approach. I love the education factor, the technology factor, and the partnership factor. I think there's the, the build and partner and sort of it sounded like from the statistics we talked about earlier, you, you have to have that. You have to be able to educate and teach and give and share. And it sounds like a, a difficult challenge, um, but uh, a worthwhile one. You mentioned COVID earlier, a COVID test. Um, do you currently have a COVID test or is there one coming? And if you do, or if there is one coming, what's different about it? Yeah, we are working on that. Uh, we've done some preliminary work with the FDA. We did submit some information into them. We're moving hopefully rapidly towards bringing that to market because it is still, I think, a, a big market need. I know we're not really in a huge swell as far as a, a variant issue currently. Uh, it is moving around. I, I, you know, I'm sure you've heard of some friends of yours getting sick over the last month or so. Uh, I am still hearing of people getting sick. And so I think it is moving. Uh, the question is, you know, will the next one be a little more virulent and, and obviously more severe? Don't really know. But again, probably at some point will be, unfortunately. You know, we are bringing to market, as mentioned, a very rapid uh, COVID test. Uh, the ability to test you know, with a saliva-based system is our focus in that it is a very easy way to do it. You don't have to worry about the nasal swab up the nose. Um, very quick, obviously under two minutes. But I think, again, the benefit will be that it'll have the IT component. So the data will be pushed automatically into a cloud-based system. So that from a data repository standpoint is going to be readily analyzed, which is, I think, hugely beneficial, but also giving just the ability of not only qualitative, but also quantitative data. So as we move forward with that test being used, there's probably a lot of great information that we'll be able to gather for it and from it that will give probably more insights on kind of the COVID aspects and possibly even down to variant aspects. So some pretty unique uh, information that we feel will be garnered from that test. And I think ultimately, again, it's the cost. I mean, we're looking at a very low cost system. And so the ability to test a wide number of people, but also test them very frequently and at a very low cost is also a very key element for our business. There were some difficult and, and somewhat sad statistics that we talked about today of both in the U.S. and, and abroad. Uh, and obviously, we see a lot of negative news in healthcare and other parts of, of the economies. Uh, that we deal with. What's one thing that makes you optimistic about the future? Technology, uh, as we've seen over the last couple of years, I mean, you know, with COVID and obviously the, the change in, in healthcare technology as a whole, there's a number of, you know, new, new ways. I mean, obviously the, the vaccines that came out in, in roughly what a less than a year, that's, that was, that was astronomical. That's never happened before. And so, the ability to bring to market things that are game changing and from a technology standpoint, uh, obviously a, 
a positive move forward from a tech standpoint is of huge value. And I think as we move forward there, that will that will continue. Uh, one of the things and you and I talked a couple weeks ago, you know, one of the things that I think keeps me really kind of optimistic on a healthcare front is the, you know, the, the ability of, of children and, and kids that are currently now in school. Uh, you know, I've got probably, you know, kids in kindergarten or kids in, in grade, grade school and high school that are thinking or, or have concepts of what they would like to do in the future. And a lot of that, I'm sure, is, is on the healthcare front and the ability for those kids to, to think about things and, and think about how they would make things better, make them more efficient and uh, make them uh, more healthcare worldly is something that's really cool. And I think that's always going to be happening. What a great take. What a what a great view on technology and innovation and the, the future. Really appreciate that. Eric, there's so much demand on your time. So appreciative of you joining us today. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. That was a great talk. Thank you. And for all of those viewing or listening, we're, we know that there's infinite demands on your time as well. We're so appreciative of you tuning in uh, and we can't wait to continue creating a healthier future with you. There's so many real challenges in the world around you. We hope that wherever you are, you have a chance to either see or be the good around you. We would love for your comments. If you have comments and questions uh, here in the uh, YouTube section, or if you want to email us for future guests or to be a guest uh, at the health pulse podcast at sas.com. Thank you. <laughs>